This episode of Popular Mechanics' most useful podcast ever is brought to you by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com useful. That's braintreepayments.com useful. Here's a fact you can use to start a conversation at your next crab boil. There are only three U.S. states that have official state crustaceans, and Maine, surprisingly, is not one of them. Louisiana obviously chose crawfish, Oregon picked Dungeness crab, and Maryland went with blue crab, which, if your crab boil is anywhere near the East Coast, is probably what you're eating. Blue crabs are so satisfying to eat because you have to do demolition work for every piece of meat. You get all the reward of running down a buffalo without all the running and spears and blood. I've never actually bought my own crabs, though, so I always wonder what I'm supposed to get. Today on our episode, we're going to talk to Spike Jurdy, who's a Baltimore-based James Beard award-winning chef who knows a lot about crabs, to find out what you should buy. Also, we have a new segment called The Curious Idiot, in which we'll teach our associate editor Kevin Dupsick how to pair a Bluetooth speaker with his phone, which we're all kind of surprised he didn't already know how to do. We'll also learn how to test overalls, and I finally am going to learn how to breathe. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. Do I breathe now? How about now? Uh, we have with us Spike Jurdy, who is chef at Woodbury Kitchen in Baltimore and a recent winner of this year's James Beard Award for Best Chef Mid-Atlantic. Um, I think it's probably safe to say that you know a lot about Maryland blue crabs. Is that correct? I, yeah, I would say more than your average bear. I, wasn't, I can't lay claim to being born in Baltimore uh, or in Maryland, but uh, I've lived here long enough to know a little bit about something about our favorite crustaceans. So let's let's start with soft shell since we were just talking about that. How would I choose soft shell crabs if I go to the store? What do I what do I need to know? Um, well, the first thing that I learned because I did it uh, and was uh, corrected <laughs> was you know don't poke them on the top of the shell. Um, I was told that that is you know obviously right under there is kind of the lungs. If you've ever, ever opened a crab up, the lungs. Lungs are right under there, and that will uh, kill the crab a little quicker oh. than it's going to die otherwise. Um, I like to feel around either the claw, which is, you know, obviously harmless, or the back fin, the area where the, where the, uh, the back fin is, attaches to the, to the body, and see if those are still relatively soft. You also want to look for a live crab. Okay. Um, they tend to be quite kind of reserved in that state. You know, ideally a crab that if you pick it up in the, in the palm of your hand, it won't just hang there limply, but it'll exhibit some signs of life. Okay. I mean, ideally, you'd want to cook them live? Well, the last uh, thing that you do will kind of ensure that the crab won't be live because you, you or, your, or your, the, your fish seller will clean the crab. Oh, right. And then... uh, which is, is three quick steps. But ideally, up until that point, the crab is live. And then hard shell crabs, if I'm going to choose those, you, obviously, those you definitely want to be pretty lively, right? Yeah, and they tend to be, yes, they're feistier. Um, <laughs> they can uh, really pinch you. Too. They really can. I mean, there's no, it's not a joke. Those crabs have an incredible, I mean, for their size, and they're quick, and um, and they're feisty, and I, I would not mess around with a blue crab um, <laughs> as far as getting, everybody has to do it once, I guess, and get pinched, and, and then you don't do it again. I got a crab last night. One of them was uh, was not as meaty as it looked mm-hmm. from the outside. Why Why does that happen? Um, one one possible reason is that the crab had recently molted or, or, you know, had been recently a soft crab and hadn't really grown into 
the big old shell that you saw there on the outside. Oh, interesting. Um, this time of year, I mean, most crabs are in pretty good shape. Uh, there are other, I think, seasonal variations, um, but that's one explanation that I've heard in the past. What about the sex of a crab? Does that matter? It can matter, and I think it can matter seasonally. I think our, our blue crab tends to be delicious throughout the summer, and, and I think it gets especially great into the fall as the crabs kind of fatten up a little bit. Obviously, you don't want to eat uh, crabs, female crabs that are uh, spawning, sometimes referred to as sponge crabs, mm-hmm. that have eggs attached. But because it's bad for the ecosystem or because it's yeah, not tasty? it's bad for the crab population. Okay. Yeah. You know, jimmies and sooks are both, males and females are oh. both. Uh, wait, 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 what are they called? Jimmies and sooks? Jimmies and sooks. Oh, that's great. Are both with a lot of relish, uh, you know, most of the year. Yeah. How long does it take generally from uh, for a crab, you know, between when it comes out of the water and when it ends up on a plate in your restaurant, for example? How long How long are we ideally trying to go for? Typically, those crabs, if you're going to buy live Maryland blue crabs, you're talking about a day or two out of the water. Okay. Um, from wherever they were caught, hopefully, you know, here on the shores of the Chesapeake up to... Um, you know, the, either the dealer or the crab house uh, where they're steamed. Um, I was going to say, you know what I heard? This is I heard this is kind of a crazy thing, um, that you can use, maybe this place even uses it, but uh, that you can use a black light to figure out if there's shell when picking a crab? Yep. How do you, how does we that? We do that. How does that work? So we take a pound of um, crab meat, and, you know, if you ever get to see a a, a a pro- truly professional like crab picker in action. It's just something. It's amazing. They're so fast and so efficient. It's hard. And yeah, I would it, hate that job. It's incredibly hard work. It's still done, you know, in picking houses, mostly here in Maryland on the eastern shore of the of the bay. So we kind of recommend going back through and picking that most of the shell is out. And mm-hmm. um, you know, our picking houses do an amazing job. But it still makes sense to go back and look through it. Right. Um, and so the one one way to do it is with your fingers, but then you end up kind of breaking it down even further. Mm-hmm. And you really want to, in my opinion, you want to kind of preserve the, the lump quality of the meat. So we use a black light in the walk-in. So the walk-in light goes off, black light goes on, and it's not that easy, but it is easier than doing it with the naked eye. The white shell will, will glow a little more white than the, the meat around it. And you can you can pick the additional, if there's any remaining shell, you can get that out of there That's with a black light. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, it's I'm not sure if you're going to pick a pound of crab meat and you want to do it carefully. I'm not sure if it's worth it, but you know, for somebody that has six pounds or, or eight or ten pounds to get through, it makes all the sense in the world. Right. Okay, so now let's imagine that I've gotten my crabs home and I want to cook them. What are I mean? Obviously, you don't boil a soft shell crab. What do you What do you do with a soft shell crab? You know, for a lot of us, they are kind of the uh, pinnacle of Chesapeake fish and shellfish, and so um, treated with respect, but they're generally fried. Um, in a pan, maybe lightly breaded or floured, you know, breaded, maybe not, you know, not a thick breading, but a light flour coating. We can use seasoned all-purpose flour or a mixture. I'm particularly fond of a mixture of all-purpose and rice flour, Mm -hmm. um, which gives us a very light kind of crispy coating, but still lets the kind of the texture and the, uh, you know, obviously the flavor of of the crab through. You can batter it and, you know, go all out, you know, kind of in a more tempura style. I think it's still best to keep it on the light side mm-hmm. um you can grill them and they i think uh in the in the right hand marinated and seasoned carefully and over a hot grill they can be really 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 nice that sounds that's great like that sounds like a great thing to bring to a backyard barbecue everyone else brought nice. everyone else brought hot dogs and you're like i brought soft shell crabs as long as they're especially if they're kind of set you know you don't 
long as they're they're kind of cleaned, the process we talked about earlier, uh-huh. and kind of slightly marinated, um, little a little something a little spicy, black pepper, red pepper, something like that, salt, you know, and then and a little oil, and you just throw them on the grill. It's pretty amazing, yeah. and you know, not a lot of fuss. Yeah, be a great yeah great September classy classy late summer barbecue. If you can catch one of those last, you know, as the, as the soft crab season kind of moves through the summer, we get a big flush in the early parts, and then a lot of it kind of seems to arrange itself around um, phases of the moon. Oh, so if you really? Get one of those la- yeah, if you can get one of those last hits of soft crabs, crabs are fattening up a little bit, and uh, that's a nice, that's a special thing. And you're right, I think on a grill in late summer, early fall, hard to beat. The hard shell crabs, do you boil those, or are you anti-boiling entirely? Well, we are. Um, we, we steam crabs up here okay. around the bay. It's basically a small amount of liquid. A lot of times it includes beer and or cider, uh, vinegar, mm-hmm. uh, cider vinegar. Um, just for, just for crab, flavor or also for? I think that the, the cider vinegar adds a little edge, a nice little acidic edge, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the beer, the same thing, a little flavor. And then, uh, you know, blue crabs, fully lay, you know, again, usually uh, with tongs um, or a heavily gloved hand layered in to the pot with generous sprinklings of whatever crab spice you love. Old Bay is kind of the, certainly a... You can't uh, beat Old Bay. I th- well, that's my opinion. <laughs> Old Bay is <laughs> pretty it. amazing. But we have, you know, there's, there's there are a couple others. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of crab houses will have their own blend or a blend of a couple uh, existing ones. J.O. Spice has a couple of really good blends that a lot of... Uh, folks love down here um and then it's just a matter of steaming the crabs you know over the simmering liquid not in it but over it till they're done you know roughly 20 minutes or so maryland style a uh, little corn on the cob pitchers of beer newspapers the whole nine and there is there is a difference um well now actually i'm, I'm gonna stop and get crabs on the way home i can't help it <laughs> i don't blame you one bit i'm, I'm so looking good. around where i'm at and thinking like where can i get some and you know now it's the time is now now until the end until it really starts to cool off they should be really good well uh thank you for being here and joining us on the podcast and let's go eat some crabs indeed <laughs> cheers do a segment today called The Curious Idiot, um, which I feel bad saying because uh, Kevin Dupsick, our associate editor who is here with us, is um, very curious, not really an idiot, but he does have a few things that he doesn't know how to do. Um, Kevin was talking to us the other day, and what is it that you don't, don't know how to do? First, can I just say you're much nicer when you're recording? <laughs> <laughs> how did I say it the other day? Well, we're going to do The Curious Idiot. Well, I don't you're think I've idiot. ever heard anybody say, he's not actually an idiot. This, we've, we've talked about this segment for a long time, and nobody's ever said, we don't think you're an idiot. We just think you'd play the character really well. That's probably pretty telling that no one's ever told you you're not an idiot. Yeah. Um, no, I think, this, <laughs> I think this actually started because uh, we were testing. Actually, I think we were trying to listen back to an earlier episode, and we needed to pair a Bluetooth speaker to the computer to play it back, or maybe the phone, and I just I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and you don't even know the terminology to explain that you don't know how to do it. No. I, I know that the logo is the, it looks like a Space Invader, like from the video game. Uh-huh. That's, that's Bluetooth, right? Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is, Alex George, you're going to help him figure out how to do this. Yes, absolutely. Okay, what I'm did certain you... of success. Cer- you're certain of absolutely, success. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so and you're, you're a Bluetooth, you have paired at least one thing with Bluetooth. At least one, and... I, I would reiterate that this is not an idiot segment because this is something that 
it's, I've had to, you know, show a lot of people how to do. It seems like we're, something we're that all like, of them over fifty. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've definitely had to show other people how it's done, but it, it's, it's kind of annoying because it's something in so much technology that they just assume that you know how to do. But yeah. it's a little bit tricky, so you have to. There's a couple, and there's actually something I just learned. I'll tell you about it later. But there's something about it that I just recently learned that I thought I knew the whole time. But anyway, that, well, I was sort of a success. Okay, so, okay. So what did you bring for Kevin to pair? Okay, so. So this is the UE Boom speaker. It's a wireless Bluetooth speaker. It's something that everybody has these days. Uh, you know, Jawbone. Except me. After today. <laughs> like, did this, oh, do you have those like, old cabinet speakers that are like wood? No, I have, two, I have two Bose speakers that plug in with cables that I got in college. It still worked really well until recently. Now the left channel's broken and I'm just stuck. Oh, and you're a vinyl head too, aren't you? Yeah. Speaker. These okay. things have been, so like when Jawbone came with this thing called the Jambox and I believe it was uh, October 2010, that was when this became like a must-have kind of accessory. And they all work on this basically the same idea, compression to wirelessly play sound back. So yeah, so it's basic, uh, just a wireless Bluetooth speaker. Uh, kind of, you, they sell them in the Apple store. You'll see, uh, see them at Best Buy, all that kind of stuff. Um, so let's just, yeah, why don't we have Kevin try it and see what he does? Oh, I mean, it's called, on, no, it's, called the, it's called the Curious Idiot. You got to just curious, go, at it, go at it like Curious George. Okay. Just curious. Okay. We're not George anthropologists observing. <laughs> okay. Curious, just curious, George the box right now. But I am curious. Do, do what you would do naturally and see, like, and ha let. If you have questions, then let Alex help you. Okay. Well, I will be interested because I think about this a lot about what when people make a product, what they expect us to. I feel, know like, how you, to I feel do. like you guys just keep dancing around saying things in insulting ways. Like you know, like <laughs> as you start forming the thought, you're like, "This is going to be mean," and then I can hear you like try and rewrite the thought in your head. No. I'm serious though, because like I remember, remember when like GPS came out and mm -hmm. people were like, "Oh, I can't figure out how to program it." Like me too. It's there. These things are just so poorly and unintuitively, unintuitively designed that yeah, it doesn't make sense. And so, anyway, anytime there's a chance to kind of look at something without you know however I look at it, I'm always curious about that. So I want to see this. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, and now so, we get to see him open the box. So you just. <laughs> <laughs> appear to be stuck at step one. <laughs> <laughs> Opening the box. Do you not open. turn it or something? I feel like I'm gonna break this packaging. Oh no! And then what? So the cardboard slides <laughs> off. Okay, there we go. Yeah, Wait. Just oh, you have to off. take this off. Yes. What? Well, stupid. <laughs> <It's not> my <laughs> fault. <laughs> I could have figured that out. I didn't have to pull. It. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Speaker one, Kevin zero <laughs> so far. <laughs> okay, okay. So this is my first piece of confusion. Is that they ne there's no buttons on this. They never label buttons. Okay, okay. I can tell that's this must be volume, design. right? So we're looking at something. It's like a shrunken, a little bit of a smaller Pringles can, or ten like it's the size of a tennis ball can, basically. Okay. With uh, very few markings. There's a large plus and minus on one side of it. Um, yeah. So all right. What, what else do we see on there? Well, so I know now that if I swipe my thumb up from the bottom of the screen, I get this menu, and I can just press the Space Invader. That's okay. the first. Space Invader. That's space it. Space Invader. Is okay. that, the, that a good first step? I always thought that's it exactly it. <laughs> oh, all right. You did all right, it. Wait, hold on. Is this the power? Is, yeah. is a line a power sign? A right. circle with a line? Like, that's like a power sign. Typically. But that, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> I will grant you that. It's, so it's in a little convex, uh, sorry, concave 
top, so it's, yeah. it doesn't, it's not protruding or anything like oh, that. Oh, okay. see, the thing that I thought was a power button is flashing now, so I knew there was something that, I knew this would be involved somehow. <laughs> like, you know, everybody everybody knows by now that on, like, an app you pull down, it refreshes or something. Is there, like, some common way that you can recognize pairing mode on Bluetooth devices? Because it just seems like you're just supposed to, like, blindly press a button until you hear some sound cue that varies from Bluetooth device to Bluetooth device. I don't ever know. That's always it. So when you turn it on, that smaller little indicator was blinking really fast. Mm-hmm. That typically means pairing mode. The so flashing. blinking really, really quickly. Okay. Um, and then just as, from then on, it'll just be, it's, that's not going to turn on again. Okay. Um, but the thing that I just recently I figured out, I was wondering why it was like this. So you have that at your house, you leave in the morning, turn it off, come back home, turn it back on. Your phone will, if your phone has Bluetooth on it, it'll automatically link back up. Okay. But if somebody else paired to that thing, so it's only going to automatically connect to the last thing that it connected to. Okay. You don't have to pair it again, but you do have to go into your phone and select pair to this. Move. Okay, I'm going to try holding this the flashing button down. Okay. That's not doing anything. So I'll give you a hint. You have to do something on your phone besides just turn on Bluetooth. Okay. So now I'm going to go into the Bluetooth menu. It says on. Oh, wait. It's on. Wait, no. It says mini jam box by Jawbone. That's on. Oh. Other devices, UE Boom. So now I just click on it. I'm getting the I'm getting the uh, the spinny thing. Oh, is it connected? And we're there. Now I can just play. I can just play music on this. Yeah, now? give it a shot. What do you guys want to listen to? Oh, this is where Something we this is where we, this is where we judge you. So, well, all right. This is working. It, that was amazing. Oh, we probably can't play this, though. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> License right. agreements. If anybody knows what song that was, don't tell anybody else. <laughs> this episode of Popular Mechanics' Most Useful Podcast Ever is brought to you by Braintree. Braintree is code for easy online payments. Are you setting up a wholesale blue crab operation and you need an app to connect with your customers? Check out Braintree. It's a payment solution that can provide your customers with all sorts of payment solutions. Let's say you want to provide seamless support for PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, and credit cards. You can do that. You can do that with Braintree. And then your customers can buy a bushel of crabs with Bitcoins. That's the future. Braintree is already being used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, and Living Social. And it offers superior fraud protection across all platforms. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash useful. That's braintreepayments.com slash useful. So we are back in the Popular Mechanics testing roundtable where we all have very cool things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, I have my co-host Roy Berenson here. Hi, Roy. Hi, Jackie. What do you got over there? Canvas duck overalls. Oh, my God, overalls. That's awesome. Uh, I also have Alex George, um, who is holding a thing. We were just trying to figure out what the size of the thing you have is. Half a deck of cards? Half a deck. Tan- That's the closest a tangerine. so far. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I held a deck of cards, though, so I don't know and, how much that means. And you definitely don't remember the last time you held a half a deck of cards. No, I don't. Skipping stone, maybe? I don't know. Um, so let's get started with, uh, with what you've been testing, Roy, because overalls are um, unu- an unusual testing item. Yeah, that's right. We've never, we've never tested them. I mean, I've been wearing overalls probably for, I don't know. What is the point of overalls when you're working? Is it just so you're the, well, that's a good question. your pants will fall down? Um, put it this way. I mean, it's a work garment. 
Um, it, it keeps, there's a lot of, you know, very dirty work in construction. It keeps your, the, your chest cleaner and there's often like sawdust flying and things flying at you, debris and dirt. So, it, you know, it keeps it off of your shirt, keeps your chest a little bit cleaner. Um, because they also come up your back, Mm-hmm. Partially up your back, your shirt doesn't. Your shirt stays sort of tucked in, mm-hmm. um, and, and you don't it, get plumber crack. Yeah, right. It, it sounds. Why don't plumbers wear overalls? But the thing is, they've overalls have sort of fallen out of fashion. I think for whatever reason. So what's cool about the overalls that you just tested? Well, I think it's the good news is this is sort of like the the golden era of overalls. Believe it or not, <laughs> you heard here. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this it's is it. Golden. We're calling it. Yeah, this is it. This is the golden era of overalls. You can still get these traditional styles like that nail apron uh, overall from Carhartt. You can get uh, brown duck uh, overalls from Dickies. Very well made, not terribly expensive, about 30 bucks. And you can still get a really good quality pair of overalls made in the U.S., Made in Tennessee from this company, L.C. King. They have a called Pointer brand. Absolutely immaculate workmanship. The workmanship on the American overalls were, were just amazing. Yeah, I touched those overalls earlier. I mean, they feel they feel amazing. They're really sturdy. I can't. Yeah, it's actually um, it's it's a canvas. It's called canvas uh, or cotton duck, I should say. This is uh, what's called 12 ounce cotton duck. That's about as it's. It's the same fabric they make work coats out of. Okay. I mean, it's really heavy. So, and so that's you're not going to kneel on a nail or something. Yeah, well, I mean, rough surfaces, concrete, you know, plywood. So re- it really is. It's like the golden era of overalls. Who knew? <laughs> I, I did not know. Um, and then to move on to something that is much more uh, high-tech than overalls, we have Alex George. What, uh, what are you testing? This is called the DXO1. And it's this thing, the size of which I'm having trouble describing. You pop it open. It's a camera. And so you... Well, did you just hit a button and that did that? You slide down the cover over the lens. A lightning port pops out on the side. Is that what those are called? Lightning port? Yeah, that's uh, the iPhone 5 and onward and iPads on that. This one is called the The lightning port. Like the charging thing is called a lightning port. Okay. And uh, so it's... Then that little port, that little thing sticks out uh, perpendicular to the rest of the unit. You plug it into the bottom of your iPhone, and with the app it att- it's attached to, it takes, I, they claim this, and I think it's actually true, it takes as good pictures as those professional, huge, clunky DSLR cameras. So the really? ones that you see, the guys hauling around, changing lenses and everything, this, is, this will fit in a tiny, in the coin pocket, or, or key pocket. And actually does every bit as good as that. It's I'm so psyched you, to have it for. Do you have as around. many options to, to I mean, with a DSLR, like you can change a lot of things, right? You can change like the amount of time and the F, like the, what is it F something? F stop yeah. aperture. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. do all of that. You can do, you can mess with all of it. It's done. It's does it. You know, it's digitally manipulating those things. It's not actually you know. Have you guys seen those those Apple advertisements? I think we have them in the magazine. It says shot on iPhone. And it's these huge landscapes. They have them as billboards up here in Manhattan, and they look these like really stunning photographs. They're, but something you notice is that they're almost always landscapes or inanimate objects of some sort. As good as the iPhone camera is, it can't do a portrait really well. So what this does is it's got a bigger sensor, can take in more light. So especially if you're shooting at night, it takes these just incredibly flattering pictures of people. And you can mess with it. I don't know quite enough, but even just leaving in the automatic setting, it takes stuff that 
I, it's so much better than anything else I've ever taken with an iPhone or even with a lot of mirrorless cameras. And it's 600 bucks, it fits in your pocket. Uh, you just gotta remember to, you know, charge it every once in a while. What does a standard iPhone camera do to a, like what problems does it cause in a portrait photo? I mean, does it flatten it? I mean, what, what does this fix, do you know? The specific difference that you'll notice is this term I didn't know before called the bouquet. So basically, uh, I'm not sure this is the bouquet specifically, but what you'll notice is in professional photographs, professional portraits, the subject is in focus and everything behind them is kind of out of focus. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're specifically focusing on this, the object that is within this proximity, it's the person's face. What an iPhone does is it has everything in focus. So everything kind of looks the same tone, um, especially if it's not like ideal light. The sensor isn't big enough to take in a lot of light to actually sufficiently bring out the image that you're looking at. So it kind of just ends up looking this kind of monochromatic, not quite as, you know, it's not quite what you're seeing. Um, not as 3D almost. Definitely doesn't feel that way. Right. So what this does is it has this dedicated sensor and has all these lenses and everything. Um, and it just ends up taking these really vivid uh, portraits. And it is something like even I'm full on amateur with photography. But if you take a couple of pictures, you can really tell the difference. And you, they look almost professional by the time Will you're you take done a with picture, it. Take a picture of Roy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you need a better subject. Oh, come on. All right. And of course, you, you, you can put it, get the image right up on your phone so you get a clear look at it. You know. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So what you, we're looking at here, um, so one of the microphone arms is kind of closer to me. So you'll notice that's kind of out of focus, but Roy's right. face is very much in focus. So that difference, it's a, you know, there's other stuff going on, but that main difference is kind of what you're seeing when you see really nicely done photographs like that. Could so, you send that to my wife? It's pretty good. So yeah, I mean, it's expensive. 600 bucks is a whole lot of money to spend, but it's, uh, you know, guys, that's about what you're gonna spend if you buy like a uh, mirrorless camera, like a Sony a6000 or something like that. Um, and this is tinier, it's already on your phone, so you can, because, you know, that's how you want to do it. You want to send it out to people, it's already really convenient for that. And I'm just psyched on it. I think this is such a good idea. I think it's a great invention. Resilient. Um, well, so, okay, so I'll, I'll talk about the thing that I'm testing, which also is um, a little expensive. It's not $600. I think it's, what, 150 That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I am testing something called the Spire, which I'm guessing is named for a spiro, or based on the name for a spirograph, which is... Uh, the medical, it's like the medical device that measures your breathing. If you go to the doctor and you have like a breathing problem. Um, but what it is, is it's this little, it looks like a stone. Um, and it, you charge it by setting it on this little disc. And it's, um, I think it looks really cool actually when you gave it to me. I was like, wow, this is really nice. Like it has kind of a marbly texture to it. Um, and so what you do is you put it on, you, you have to Bluetooth pair it with your phone, which I uh, have done before, unlike our previous guest, Kevin. Um, and I, it was re really easy. Just downloaded the app, uh, Spire, and then paired it with my phone. You put in your weight and your age and a, whether you're male or female, a couple little sets like that. And then what it does is it, it um, measures your breathing. So it, um, I'm looking at it right now. I have my phone on this little stand. And I can see when I take a breath in and when I breathe out. And so, Roy, if you want to take a look at it. Oh, it's kind of X Y yeah. graph. It looks like yeah. an EKG or I, what a spire. A spirograph. Yeah. What am I read like that? And so it's in real time with the phone on the display. It's measuring how far your chest is um, expanding, contracting, and yeah. seeing how deeply you're breathing, and just using a couple of numbers to make sure that or to help encourage you to breathe deeply, to not have short, shallow breaths. 
Okay. Right, because you know you you know how you sit at your desk all day and you'll if you get stressed out or if you're busy or whatever you'll realize that you haven't taken a deep breath in like 30 minutes or you're just breathing really shallowly or whatever and then you get a headache or something like that. This actually it's kind it's a kind of it says I'm almost calm. It just told me it just says I'm almost calm right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, it has it has a couple different settings. It has uh, uh, different profiles I guess. There's calm, there's focus, and there's stress or no there's um. Tense. I tense. That's what it is. Tense. And then there's activity, which means you're walking around because hmm. um, it likes you to sit down, I think. Um, what's funny about it is like calm. I know you know how to make yourself breathe calmly. You know, you breathe really slow and deep and you do that. Exactly. But it's the focus one. It keeps it's accurate. It keeps doing it while I'm editing. Like I'll be editing for a while and I'll get really into it. And all of a sudden it'll then alert will pop up. It'll be like, you're in a focus streak. I think it's pretty neat. I'm astounded that it is accurate about the focusing like that. Oh, it's crazy. I, I yeah. did not believe that claim when it said that it could be able to actually. Well, that's what I, that. I, that's what I thought too. Is like, I know, okay, I know how I breathe when I'm tense. How does one breathe when they're focused? I want to ask these people. Um, so Roy, the overalls that you were just testing, what are they, what are they called again? Yeah, sure. It was a Carhartt duck overall with an attached nail apron, Dickies canvas duck overalls and pointer brand denim overalls. And, uh, and, and you, you liked them all? Yeah, they're all great garments for different purposes, but they're all great. Um, and Alex, well, your, uh, your awesome phone, which obviously, or your awesome phone camera, which you said you wanted, uh, you, would you buy it? Oh, for six hundred dollars? Yeah. Yes, I would. You would. It's and what's I, it? What, what was it called again? DXO One is the na- is the name of the model and the company. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you care about taking really good photos for the time the week or so that I've had it, every time I don't have it, I'm pissed that I didn't bring it with me. I it really makes everything look so much better. Amazing. The one that I'm testing, the Spire. I am having a really good time with it. I tested one of those, the, what are, what are they called? Jawbone? Jawbone up. Up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I tested one of those. And what I, I like having body metrics and all that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting. The thing with that, everything I would do to work out, it would be on my wrist and it would hurt, you know, it would hurt, you know. And this is more of an, I don't know, it's a different sort of thing because it's not about exercising. It's really comfortable. I don't notice that it's there. Um, and I feel like it's probably possible to, change your breathing and get fewer headaches and be less of a terrible desk jockey. <laughs> I am jealous of that. I think that's, yeah. I, it's something that I wake up every morning and think like, oh yeah, I'm going to concentrate on breathing better and meditate stuff. And then I forget about it by the time I walk. It yeah. Door. Having it remind you all the time is, uh, it's pretty cool. Nice. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. So that's our show. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by Jack Dillon. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply, and also Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about the blue crab and why you should eat some this weekend, you can also check out our website, popularmechanics.com podcasts. While you're there, you can check out the print magazine. You can subscribe to both print and digital editions of Popular Mechanics for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.